Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 36 degrees and mostly sunny here at 510, almost 511, here on this Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, otherwise known as Fat Tuesday, the culmination of Mardi Gras. Ash Wednesday being tomorrow. Uh, Just looking at the weather here for Daytona Beach, Florida, Jake. Saturday and Sunday still don't look good. No, it doesn't. No, 66 and 62, but rain both days. It's amazing. Every other day is fine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the funny thing when I've looked at this forecast extensively. And tomorrow night is Daytona 500 qualifying. That's approximately 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And usually with Daytona 500 qualifying, Rob, it's only the front row that locks in to their starting positions for Sunday. And usually for the past several years, that front row has consisted of Hendrick Motorsports, specifically Alex Bowman. I think he's on a streak of six consecutive front row starts in the Daytona 500. So I don't really have any predictions for tomorrow night, but more than likely as far as the Daytona 500 front row, I'm going to say Alex Bowman and either either Kyle Larson or William Byron. That's who I think will be on the front row for the Daytona 500. Now, Thursday night, we have two qualifying races. That sets the rest of the lineup for the Daytona 500, starting positions of third through 40th. Now, the way that it works, race one, the drivers that are in race one, like let's say, for instance, Brad Keselowski wins race one. Then that would mean that he would start third in the Daytona 500 on Sunday or Monday in this case. And whoever finishes second, they'll start fifth. Whoever finishes third, they'll start seventh. You get the picture. And then that's the way it'll it'll be for the second qualifying race, determining who will start fourth, sixth, eighth, tenth, so on and so forth. So then after that, Daytona 500, there are two practices. There is one late Friday afternoon into the evening. Got the truck race at Daytona on Friday night. Coincidentally, that was, that was really the only thing – in speed weeks last year, that wasn't affected by the rain. Well, the one only, excuse me, the only thing that was affected by the rain last year at speed weeks was the truck race. The truck race was shortened about 27 laps due to rain. And doesn't it figure that the truck race this year is probably the only event that won't get affected by rain? Yeah. Um, then looking ahead to Saturday, looking ahead to Saturday, ARCA is hoping to have their season opener about one o'clock or so. The Xfinity Series, they're supposed to race about 5 o'clock, 5.30. But, and then, of course, this Sunday on Fox, the 66th Daytona 500, a little after 2.30 on Fox. That's what all the plans are. But with this forecast, Rob, it, it doesn't really look good for Saturday or Sunday. And my guess right now, I mean, I don't want to be a pessimist, but my guess right now is you'd probably have a triple header on Monday, first with ARCA, then Xfinity, then Um, the Daytona 500, because unfortunately there has been two times in the history of the Daytona 500 that it's been postponed. The first one was in 2012. And originally when it was postponed in 2012, the plan that NASCAR had in place that following day on Monday, they were going to start the race at noon. But that rain that hovered over Daytona all throughout Sunday, it wasn't going to leave Daytona until sometime early to late afternoon. And they came up with the idea of moving it back even further on Monday night. It was a 7 o'clock start on Fox. Record Daytona 500 ratings, as you can imagine. And then in 2020, 2020, originally the race was supposed to start about 3 o'clock or so. That was actually when Donald Trump was at Daytona and he was the Grand Marshal. 
and pesky rain showers here and there. They finally get the race going about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, get about 20 laps in, and it rained for the rest of the day, and they had to finish it the next day, resuming it about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And obviously with daylight savings time, it was another race that ended under the lights in Daytona. That's pretty much the way it is, even if it's on Sunday. It's a race that's going to start late in the afternoon, and it's going to finish at night. But, yeah, doesn't that figure, though? The biggest race of the year, and Mother Nature is just kicking NASCAR's tail so far this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no doubt. You look at the clash, moving the clash up an entire day in Los Angeles from Sunday night to Saturday night. Thankfully, they were able to get the whole race in because I was listening to a podcast this morning. And it was door bumper clear. It's a whole bunch of spotters that are in the sport. TJ Majors, who spots for Brad Keselowski. Freddie, uh, Freddie Kraft, who spots for Bubba Wallace. And they were saying that originally the plan was, you know, Sunday, Monday. But apparently NASCAR was told by the city of Los Angeles that come Tuesday, it doesn't matter if you've gotten a lap in or not, they would, ha- would have had to get out of town. So it was an awesome decision moving it up a full day in advance on Saturday night. But I think that's definitely, that was definitely unprecedented. Yeah, I'm a little tongue tied here. Unprecedented, uncharted territory. I don't know if we're ever going to see that again, especially here at Speed Weeks when you've got two events on Saturday with ARCA and Xfinity and, just everything, just the yeah. whole e- ecosphere that's around Daytona. Yeah. There's no I way mean, they could do that. Sponsors, no. everything set around dif- different days. Yeah, there's and so much, yeah. so much that goes into this particular day, the Daytona 500 on Sunday. And barring some sort of miracle, I'm just, it's not looking good right now. And a story I brought up a little bit where uh, someone was thrown out of, Taylor Swift had uh, someone thrown out of the Super Bowl. Kanye West, Kanye her West, old partner. That, yeah. Did you find anything more on that out? Well, the the one thing that I did find out, Rob, the the one person that you were referring to as far as the podcast goes, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall was in the National Football League for several years, played with the Denver Broncos, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins. He was sort of the one that, you know, talked about it on, on his podcast. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty funny and pretty ironic, isn't it? I guess you could say when you think of – the bad blood, I guess, there has been between Kanye West and Taylor Swift going all the way back to 2009. When she ran, I, when he ran up on the stage and took an award out of her hand and said that, that somebody else deserved it. But Beyonce had the best video of all time. I yep. still remember that. Yeah. And what I'm reading here, because TMZ was talking about it as well, good old TMZ. And apparently, I guess one of the things that Kanye West had in mind was we know how much CBS was going to show Taylor Swift just like pretty much all of the NFL has shown Taylor Swift over the past five months. And I guess one of the rumors was that he purchased those seats. So when they would show her on TV that he would basically be sort of like photobombing her. Yes. I guess that, yeah, that's, that's what the hot rumor was. And speaking of which, the Super Bowl on CBS, it was announced this morning, a record 123 Point four million people tune into the Super Bowl on Sunday night. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that this morning, and on my way home yesterday, I was listening to uh, Ben Shapiro, and then I was listening to a couple of other people last night on TV. Yeah, this every sponsor of this Super Bowl, every commercial, every went back to just being normal. Yeah. There was no trying to shock anybody. There was no. Tra- it was typical eighties and nineties. You know, just. 
good nature. And, and if you even go to the, the gym suits that they were wearing in the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Yeah. Now, I went to Dunkin' Donuts Instagram, and there's a whole series. Like that video that they showed in the studio with with Jennifer Lopez and, and all the guys, Tom. Yeah. There's a whole before and after that, that that you could follow. And it's actually pretty good when you start yeah, looking through the different of chapters of, of everything that went on there. So even today, they released another short snippet to where, you know, you see Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Tom Brady throwing footballs through a donut. And, um, you know, then uh, Ben Affleck is telling Tom Brady to throw him the ball, and he, like, kind of gently tosses him the ball. And he's like, no, throw it to me like it's a touchdown pass. And yeah. he, he wings it, and it smashes the wall behind him. And he's like, whoa, we didn't, I didn't mean like that. Um, and the, just the, the good nature this plays there. And, and that's, they said that's what people want to see. They, yeah. they, they want to forget themselves. They want to forget the, the, the bad in the world. They don't want controversy. They just want to watch a football game. They want to get drunk. They want to eat. They want to have a good time. And they said the sponsors got the message loud and clear. And everything about this, the halftime show, nothing was over the top. Nothing, yeah, nothing was trying to be controversial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they said it really paid off. And their ratings are showing that now. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of the halftime show, I see that there's I see in your outline here something about Usher later on that we might talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> Usher did what? Yeah, did what? Usher did what? Had quite a day Sunday in Las Vegas, it sounds like. He did. I mean he had a decent halftime show. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, like I bad. said, it was entertaining. Uh, I saw some people picking the things apart there to where there was a little auto-tune involved with some people and, you know, some things like that. But, yeah, listen, it was a halftime show. Yeah. You know, it, it, it served its purpose. It did what it needed to do. You can nitpick it all you want. You know, I'd like to see anybody else go out there and do the same kind of thing. I get, bet they couldn't. You know, the people who are having something to say about it. And, again, it's not my cup of tea, but it was an entertaining show. Yeah. Thanks as always, Jake. Thank you, Rob. It's uh, 521 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. All right. Um, nothing going on. Oh, um, you didn't. You started off like there was. Nothing. I, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what I can make up, and I can't even make anything up. It's that good out there. <laughs> Only kidding. I never make anything up. But really, we don't even have heavy traffic anywhere. If you see a traffic problem, give us a call. 570 Well, you can't see because can't, there's no windows. There's no window in here. There's no windows here. So we're not going to see them. Uh, but if you see one while you're out there, I keep trying to check for 315. Same you again. <sighs> I'll be back. I'll I'll get, get, Here's the weather. I'll be back. I'll, I'll get, go check. 570-883-7269. Uh, Nikki Stone from the WILK Traffic Center with your Pantella Data Internet Traffic Update. I'll give you a little lesson in why I say you. I am Nikki Stone. Because you're always talking to one person. You. Not everybody, but one. One person? Yeah. That's all I'm talking to? Why that, am I here? Because nobody listens to you unless you give them a mic anyway. Right. Or you a mic or something like that. I think I need to go home. This has been a boring afternoon. I want to go to sleep. Really. Listen, not for nothing, but you were talking early. You had the, the, the great women in here talking about being single over 50 mm -hmm. and, and how they were content with their lives and talking about things. How come you didn't bring Johnny in here who's over 50 and single? I they they kept saying, I wish a single guy would call so we could have this conversation and get deeper. And Johnny's sitting right across the hall, sitting there, pacing back and forth, going, 
I'm 50 and single for 50 He should have came in. He has a key. I told him to. I, I, jo- I told him not to lock the Jake, door. Jake, did I tell Johnny not to come in? I was to, a witness. To, yeah. I told Johnny. I said, go in there and get a seat. Exactly. He could have came in and, and shared his experience. But, you know, in their defense, they couldn't compete with the Celtic woman. You know? Uh, like, they couldn't. We should, have, we should have auditioned to see if they could sing or something. Well, the one girl could sing, but she's and she sings really good, but I don't think she's Celtic s- women. Celtic women or woman yeah. or whatever it is. It's one one. It's four girls in a band that calls themselves Celtic woman, and that is, is why w- the whole world woman? woman is it woman? Yes, yes, because Johnny and I have this Jake, discussion all the time. We're gonna have to go to replay that, Jake. Right. What is it? Women Jake, or woman? Jake, have you listened to Johnny all these years tell you that it's woman? I try and tune it out. (laughs) (laughs) So they can't compete. They 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 felt that they paled in comparison. That's all. Next time, Johnny. I didn't mean to leave Johnny because because I just looked it up and it's A N instead of E N. Yeah, so it's, so there's four of them, but it's one, and it's so really somebody should tell the other three to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why this world is messed up. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, breezy and colder, low 24. Wednesday, partly sunny, breezy and cold, high 35. Wednesday night, breezy and colder, high 20. Thursday, increasing clouds with snow. Thursday evening, high 37. Friday morning, snow showers, breezy in the afternoon, high 38. Saturday, Breezy, frigid with snow showers, high 30. Sunday, a few flakes are possible, high 38. It's currently 36 degrees and partly sunny. Temperature is dropping. At 524, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 36 degrees and partly sunny at 527. I got a text message. What about Posh Spice, Devil Horns, and Upside Down Cross controversy? First of all, it's Ice Spice. It was not Posh Spice. Posh Posh Spice was one of the Spice Girls. Um, Ice Spice was the girl who kind of looked like Ronald McDonald that was next to uh, Taylor Swift in the booth there. And yes, when uh, if you follow me on Facebook, Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, I did post the video there. I did post it on Twitter as well. While they were focusing in, and, and she made sure that she was on the jumbo screen, as they focused in on Taylor, which she was two people over from her, she did this devil horn thing with her hand, did some kind of spell across her body, and then lifted up her upside-down cross. Uh, there's a lot of talk about it on social media. Um, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, you know, if that's the clientele and image that she wants to keep with the people she's with, uh, it is what it is. But. You know, I, 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 I didn't know her name at first, so I'm not making fun of you for calling her Posh Spice. Uh, that's why I called her the Ronald McDonald-looking girl uh, to the left of Taylor Swift because she had this orange-reddish hair, curly hair. Um, sort of kind of look like our press secretary, I guess. But, yes, did definitely did something with some kind of... They're calling it... A, uh, it was some kind of satanic thing, but... I think it's people just guessing to be the most. Uh, somebody just said my Ronald McDonald post was hilarious. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's what she looked like, right? You know, she, you, you want to act like a clown, you get treated like a clown. It's as simple as that. But that's what I saw in that that whole thing. Well, if you were just joining us now, 
the Senate did pass a $95 billion security package for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, which includes humanitarian aid for the Palestine area. $60 billion going to Ukraine, $14 billion going to Israel, $9 billion going to humanitarian aid um, to help the Palestinians rebuild their area and uh, get the resources they need once Hamas is eradicated, I would assume. And $5 billion for the Indo-Pacific to help Taiwan and Japan and such with the uh, China aggression that's going on there. Now, you have a full-court press from Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, and the President, who had a press conference today talking about it, said the House must act on this. They must. You know, the Senate did their job. The, the, the Speaker must let this go to the floor for them to have, the, for representatives, the people elected, to have a say in it. And I say, and a lot of other people are saying, that House Bill Number 2, which was passed almost a year ago, was passed by the House on a border security package that is true border security that went to the Senate, and Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, has let it die there. He has not brought that to the board, to the floor either. So when it comes to their agenda, and again, their agenda is we have to do something about our border. It's a crisis. The president says it. All his administration say it. The Senate says it. The House say it, says it. But what's the first independent bill they do? Well, a security package for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific, not our own border. So a lot of people are saying it's dead on arrival in the House. There are also some shenanigans going on to try to bypass the Speaker of the House. But that's not the way this works. And if they want some movement on the Ukraine $95 billion security package, again, for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and some humanitarian aid for Palestine region, then maybe they have to move on House Bill Number 2, which passed the House and is sitting in Chuck Schumer's desk where he refuses to bring it to the Senate. It's the same thing. But, you know, it's an emergency and they must do things when it's for them. But when it goes the other way, oh, just forget about we 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 did that. You know, we let it die because we don't want to address that. We don't like what's in that. But again, the same people, Chuck Schumer, talking about how what kind of crisis where there is at the border. Joe Biden, there's a crisis at the border, and they're not giving me the tools to do anything with it. Well, first of all, that's a lie, because the same laws are in effect that were under the Trump administration. It's the policies that he decides to follow, the executive orders that he's rescinded, that is not taking the same action, tying the hands of your border security agents. So he could start doing something about the border tomorrow without any active legislation. Now, House Bill 2 is a very in-depth border security bill. Now, border security and immigration reform are two separate things. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep drilling into you because this administration wants you to think they're one and the same. They're not. Now, you cannot have immigration reform without border security. You could have border security without immigration reform, but you're going to continue to have people trying to get in the best they can. There's still going to be uh, incentive for cartels to get people in and such like that. So you need to secure a border, and then you could rewrite and reform immigration. Increase it, decide how many people we can, we can, that we can have, how many people are not too many, and get a lawful pass 
path for them to get in. But a border needs to be secure to do that because if you reform immigration and do not secure the border, people are still going to be flowing in left and right because it's not a secure border. It's like saying we're going to have a new way to purchase tickets to a sporting event, but there's going to be no one at the gates to stop you from coming in. How many people are not going to buy a ticket and just go in? Just the way it works. It's uh, 5.33 here at WIOK. We'll be back after the Rob, with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Nancy, Nancy Kamen, who's in for Paul Michaels. Bet you never thought you'd hear that bumper music here, now did you? I cannot believe when you said during the break, <laughs> come back with, yeah. Right? I know you love country and rock and roll. This definitely was a surprise. <laughs> you have to. I mean, this, oh, yeah. this, is, this is such a typical Super Bowl <laughs> in Vegas story. Yeah. So does, does anyone know what Usher <laughs> did? I guess after his halftime show sometime over the Super Bowl weekend, Usher and his longtime partner, Jen... Uh, how do you say her last name? Uh, Gio Conchea? We'll just Jen. Yeah, Jen. <laughs> uh, got married in Las Vegas just hours after the R&B superstar's headline appearance at Super Bowl halftime show, according to officials and documents. The officiant who wed the pair is known to dress as Elvis Presley impersonator. The couple married Sunday at Vegas weddings, according to a marriage certificate made public Monday. The ceremony was officiated by the Reverend Ronald Joseph, better known locally as Ron Dakar. Witnesses included uh, Jonetta Patton, Usher's mother. Congratulations to the newlyweds, chapel owner Melody Willis-Williams said in a statement, We were beyond thrilled to host the epic day for Usher and his new wife. As much as we love, love, that statement adds, this is the couple news to share. Any further details on will always be fans of Usher. Usher, 45, and Jen, his new wife, 40, have been together since 2019 and have two young daughters. A representative for Usher provided a statement on Tuesday confirming the marriage. Usher and Jen took the next step in their relationship and did get married on Sunday night in Las Vegas, surrounded by close friends and family. They both look forward to continuing to raise their children together, surrounded by love, and thank everyone for their well wishes. Listen, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to tell you what really happened. I, you know, I've been, I've been out and about here and there, so he got a little too close to Alicia Keys during the halftime show. You know, had his shirt off, was hugging her a little bit, and his, his uh, mother of his two daughters said, Hey, this is where I draw the line. We're headed over to Elvis and uh, gonna have to get married. So that's just what I'm that's just what I'm thinking there. Just what I'm saying. But Usher got married after the Super Bowl. Some people go to Disney World, some people go get married by Elvis in the chapel. So that's that. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about budgetblinds.com. Listen, you go to budgetblinds.com, you're gonna get in contact with Tom or Rick, owners of the local budget blinds. They cover all of Northeast Pennsylvania. Leader in custom window treatments, blinds, shades, shutters, drapes. 90% more options than your big box stores. Literally, they had to wheel in their samples on a cart. They could not carry them in. That's how many they have. If you need it, they will have it for you. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no questions asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. 
you're also taking advantage of their volume pricing. You're just not buying the blinds you're getting. You're getting the pricing for all the blinds they get for all their customers. 30 years of style and expert service. They service everything they sell. Go to budgetblinds.com. It's a free evaluation. In-house, virtual, whichever works for you. Budgetblinds.com. It's four, five, four, ooh, 440. I said it again. 542. Time okay. for traffic and weather. I guess you got it there. All right. Uh, there's a little bit of a minor accident, South Valley Avenue, near the Burke Bypass and Oliphant. It might trip you up a little bit in your travels. We have a somewhat heavy traffic on Jefferson Avenue in Scranton. That's uh, normal, uh, but nothing major on any of our interstates. So no backups, no wrecks on 81, 80, 84, 380, or 476, the PA Turnpike. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269 from the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone, with your Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, breezy and colder, low 24. That temperature is dropping. Wednesday, partly sunny, cold, high 35. Wednesday night, Breezy and colder, low 20. Thursday, increasing clouds with some snow Thursday evening, high 37. Friday morning, snow showers, breezy in the afternoon, high 38. Saturday, breezy and frigid with snow showers, high 30. Sunday, a few flakes are possible, high 33. It's currently 35 degrees and partly cloudy here at 543 at your official weather station, WILK. Well, we had to balance the usher there, so uh, who was that there, Jake, for the people who don't know? Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. passed away 22 years ago today. 22 years ago today. I, I heard uh, Nikki played a song of his earlier yeah. today, and I, and I asked, and, and Jake was filling me in. I, I had a Waylon Jennings story, so uh, nothing personal, but have you, have you ever seen the making of We Are the World? Um, you know, they got artists from all over. I mean, the mega stars from all over we are the world michael jackson uh, you name it they were there and uh Wailing jennings was there but he's not on the album he's not he's not on the song he's not in the video and what was going on there, there's a actual documentary on the making of we are the world and and i hear it's extremely well well done. It kind of gives you a behind the scenes. Of course, you have egos and everything else. Uh, Prince didn't want to be there because Michael Jackson was there. They were having a riff at the time. But then the producers brought in Sheila E., who was close to Prince, thinking Prince would come. Then Prince wanted his own room and studio. He didn't want to be in the studio with everybody else because Michael Jackson was there. There's a lot of drama going on in there and a lot of egos and such like that. Well, at one point in the song, Wailing Jennings was there, and he was supposed to be one of the, the singers who sang part of the song. And somewhere during the recording, um, Stevie Wonder said we should sing a verse in Swahili. And that that was his, his recommendation. Because, you know, We Are the World was a song for parts of Africa, you know, the famine and stuff like that. So um, who, who's the artist from Harvard that I said, Jake? Oh, I'm going to forget it now. Um Hmm. This is going to bother me now. It'll yeah, come I'm to me. I'm drawing a blank, too. Give me a second. 
Oh, why, why isn't... Wasn't Bob Dylan who... Uh... See, this is going to bother me now. Here, now I got to get a listing of the who was in it. Paul Simon. Sorry about that. <laughs> My brain went blank there. So Stevie Wonder says, comes up with an idea that we should sing a verse in Swahili. And Paul Simon, who, who went to Harvard, comes up and says uh, they don't speak Swahili in, in the part of Africa that we're singing about now. So, And Stevie Wonder says, hey, you know, I just think it would be good for the song if we sung, sung a, a verse in Swahili. And uh, Wailing Jennings, who was in the back, said, uh, well, good old boys don't sing verses in Swahili, so I'm out. And he left. Uh, he walked out and wasn't on the song. So that's that's my Wailing Jennings song there. And, and it, from what I hear, and again, I, I saw parts of it. I, I looked at parts of it when I was told about it. Uh, it's a great documentary on the making of We Are the World. A lot of history there, no doubt. Uh, you know, being a... Uh, a fly on the wall in that room must have been something else. But it was after a major – they did it after an award show. I think it was the AMAs. I'm not sure. Um, in March of 1985. So everyone was in town. And they did it in one take overnight. It took the, They literally were changing people around. Okay, that verse doesn't work for you. You're going to sing this verse now. And they were mixing and matching it to think – I mean, whoever thought Willie Nelson and, and um, it's coming. I'm drawing a blank now. Who who sang with Willie Nelson just before Diana, Diana Ross and Willie Nelson would, would be you know compatible one after another when it comes to that. So that's my Wailing Jennings song. Uh, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, but we'll see. So the House. Uh, slated to vote on whether to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Marjorquez. Again, maybe this evening, maybe not. Will they have the votes? Who knows? And again, I I agree with them holding him accountable. If there was ever a more incompetent Department of Homeland Security Secretary, it is definitely him. The, the, the border crisis is just too much to, to look away from and hold someone accountable for. The thing is, it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate, and he's going to end up being what we—it's it's acquitted. If, if they impeach him in the House, it goes to the Senate, and they do not impeach him there, he's acquitted, and it's as simple as that. Now, I understand the politics behind this that says, well, he's the only secretary that's been impeached. He's truly not impeached. He was impeached in the House. That's not an impeachment. But I do agree with them holding him accountable for it. They had the hearings. I believe there's evidence there that he's ignored current law to help advance this free-for-all at our border. And he, he needs to be held accountable. And this is one of the only mechanisms there is to hold him accountable and, and to kind of get him personally. But again, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere after that. It doesn't go anywhere before then. Um So, uh, you know, we'll see there. I'm just looking at some final text messages coming in. Somebody says, good for Waylon. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just wasn't going to have it. And my thought is, if it was after 
the uh, if it was an after a long award ceremony, and again, I I think it was the AMAs or something like that. It was wherever all the singers were in town. Um, I'm trying to look up to see. See if there was any, uh, see if I can grab it real quick. But I'm thinking, you know, based on the party, you know, Whaling Jennings has his history. Whaling Jennings' life is not really secret. Um, you know, I'm thinking after the award ceremony, an all-nighter recording, and you're sitting there with all these other egos around you and 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 Welling Jennings is as successful he as he was you know, always label himself as a good old boy and, and you know I think he he was down to earth like that just very much like when we seen all the pictures of Toby Keith with everyone normal people out there he was so accessible to his fans regardless of what kind of mega mega uh, star he was in music in country music and I think you know this conversation came up and you have you have a uh, them talking about doing verses in Swahili, and then you have Paul Simon saying, "Well, they don't really uh, sing Swahili. They don't really speak Swahili in, in that part of Africa." And uh, them going back and him just saying, "You know what? I've had enough. I had enough. I'm going somewhere. I'm getting a beer. I'm doing whatever you know I want to do." So, but if you ever have time on your hands and want to see the making of "We Are the World," sure. What's up? I hear it's worth watching. So, check it out. We'll see. Um, we have, uh, let me see real quick. Let me go to the phones. Joe from Edwardsville on the impeachment. Joe, I got about a minute. Okay. I, I don't even think I'll need all of that, Rob. Um, just to, and it's just because I'm a little bit older than you, if he is impeached in the, in the House, he's impeached. If he is acquitted, then that's lovely, but he is still impeached. For uh, like 30 years, there was a, a trivia question after the Watergate mess. People would ask, who's the only U.S. president who was ever impeached? And everyone, oh, Nixon, oh, Nixon, oh, Nixon. Nixon was not impeached. He resigned. Um, uh, Johnson, Andrew Johnson, Nixon's vice, or rather Kennedy, Lincoln's, Vice president who took office after Lincoln died was impeached. He was acquitted, but as far as history was concerned, he was still the only president who was ever impeached. Then came Bill Clinton, and now now they're just coming fast and furious. But if you're impeached, you're impeached. You get through it because Bill Clinton was impeached too. He was acquitted on some charges, convicted on one which who gives a rat's rear end, but that's what that's, and I just want to, yes, if you're impeached, you're impeached. So maybe just enough to hang that uh, scarlet letter on his chest that you were impeached because you're such a jackass. You know what I mean? So that's, and I'm sorry, I hate quibbling with you. No, no, the the difference, I'm looking at it now. The difference is, yes, you're right. the, The House does have the sole power of impeachment, but no person shall be convicted without a concurrence of two-thirds of the members present in the Senate. So, yes, you are technically impeached, but you're not convicted of impeachment. Exactly, exactly. And that's, like I say, why it was such a big trivia question, because everybody coming out of the 60s, they wanted to, oh, yeah, no, Nixon, he was 
because nobody remembered Andrew Johnson at that point. Yep. But yes, so I'm sorry, man. Like I said, I don't. No, no. Thanks you. for picking it. I Who's like I like to get the facts man. out there, and I'm glad you brought that up. So yes, that's that's okay. the difference there. Thanks, Joe. Brother, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. God bless, be safe, and we'll do it again tomorrow.